0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting.
0: It's the JT and Looney podcast, powered by our friends at Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, college football. Touchdown, USC. Every league. Uh, Major League Baseball, the NFL, you know what the leagues are. NBA, NHL, UFC, CIA, BBC, BB King, and Doris Day. Take it! Take it! Even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, futures. Head to BetOnline as soon as you can, right after this podcast. Head to BetOnline. And just for being friends with JT and Looney, you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit but you have to use our new promo code believe B L E A V 50 that's believe as in the believe radio network it's B L E A V 50 B L E A V 50 and get your 50% welcome bonus that's bet online our proud sponsor or maybe they are ashamed i don't know but they are our sponsor bet online where the game starts
1: and now the podcast starts damn it all right video looks good because our podcast the jt and looney podcast is now on youtube so you can get the podcast on youtube and see my hair now or before i put in a little just for men shampoo and i look 10 years younger so i'll have a before and after podcast tom
0: well and you know as soon as we decided to uh, go with uh, putting it up on youtube that i was going to make sure i adjusted all the lighting and that's been driving me nuts during the uh, during the pandemic as more and more guests on shows, whether it's news shows or sports shows, are zooming in from home, and what happens is these young producers don't want to tell the former Secretary of State or the former coach of the New York Jets that his lighting is bad <laughs> and that he needs to get away from that open window. They just say, "Okay, looking good, Mr. Secretary, looking good, Coach," and they, you know, that's what happens sometimes when people, broadcasters too, they reach a certain level, no one wants to tweak with them and you should never get to a level where people can't tell you people you trust can't tell you you've got a booger on your nose
1: well this is my guest room in my home my downstairs guest room i have a Mm -hmm. studio in the house for radio it's closer to all the contraptions that i need this is just a quiet space in my home to keep the dog away that i do it here and You know how much memorabilia I have and what I like, I don't have it there. I'm not trying to impress anyone here. What I'm saying with this studio, I'm just trying to get to a quiet place. Good example is I just helped my wife take in the groceries. So there's a lot on the plate there, literally. First off, as you know, a dirty secret. I don't go to the grocery store. Right. Never.
0: If you were running for public office and you got in a debate with an opponent and someone said, "Uh, Mr. T, how much is a half gallon of
1: milk? No idea. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't go to Costco. I don't go to Costco. And here's why. It's not because I'm I'm too good for it. It's just the opposite. My wife is fantastic at it. So she just brought in the groceries. I have no idea what it cost. And she brought in eggs and, you know, all different types of foods, all different food groups, some Asian food. You know, she brought in a half chicken that came nice. in and all this. And she puts it out there. And I don't even want to look. At the bill on it. I know inflation, everything's up a bit, but I take the groceries in from the driveway so she doesn't have to. She shops because she enjoys it. She even knows the names of the ladies who (laughs) are at Costco, the ladies that call her over and say, come to my aisle. And, And they talk and they have small talk. And I don't like to be in public settings like grocery stores and Costco's. There's no need for me to be there. I don't enjoy it. I don't like to shop. I don't like to spend time. I grew up with a beautiful, great mom, two younger sisters. I think it happened when I was a kid. We'd all go shopping at times together. So we'd have to get school clothes for me and my sisters. And I just remember not enjoying that. And I give my mom all the credit because she'd have to shop for all three of us. My dad would be in the city working and at a very early age. I didn't want to go to grocery stores, department stores. I let other people do it, and then I bring it all in from the driveway, Tom. <laughs> well, being a, uh, a workout guy,
0: uh, what I eat is very important to me. So over the years, JT, as you know, I not only
1: bring home the bacon, I buy it yeah. and I cook it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But it's the main
1: difference the- here, let's get to the, yes. the chase. You don't mind small talk. I hate small talk. Right. I, I, I was
0: just going to say that. About, I know Joe. Joe's huge. Joe weighs about 300 pounds. There's Yesenia. There is uh, Hector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the name, the, the names of the cashiers
1: at at uh, my local store. Yeah, I, I like waiters and servers. I just don't want to know them. I don't have a <laughs> conversation with them. I don't even ask them for menus, as you know, when I go out to eat. Yes, for our I new podcasters, that. I don't even ask for a menu. If I'm in an Italian restaurant, I order chicken parm, side of pasta. If I'm that in a fish house, cool, right? if, if I'm noticed... in a fish house, sometimes I'll ask the server what's your what's your favorite meal quickly, mm-hmm. and she'll say, I love the halibut. And I say, I'll take the halibut. That's it. Now, how do you like it served? None of that. Steak
0: already know what you want.
1: And if, if I'm in a steakhouse, what even listeners say now, I've helped with the lives of our listeners, is the same line at every steakhouse I've ever been to. I order steak, they ask me how I'd like it prepared, and I say, the way the chef would like to prepare it i never go against the chef i never do something i'm not a chef i don't cook steaks and broil them and sear them so i let them do it i'll look at a wine list so happy you said that yeah i'll look at a wine list but it is a problem. It's a we problem. Had, we yeah. had big arguments over the
0: years. And uh, remember, uh, Mike Pearson, uh, Ty Eli, our, our great yes, producer, probably our longest tenured producer that we had. He's now with uh, the NBA Network or NBA on Sirius, I think.
1: Sirius XM NBA does
0: a great yes. job. Oh, he's, yeah, you right. He's rubbing elbows with all the hot shots at the NBA now. And we had, uh, and he's, he's evolved on this. And he used to get his, his steak well done, as I did when I was young. I said, Mike, you can't get it well done. They'll know you're from the neighborhood. <laughs> you and he finally evolved on it as he started moving up. I uh, said, so you're going to go to dinner with Big Shots now, because he went on to uh, other networks, if you remember Yahoo and ESPN. So you're going to go to dinner with Big Shots now. You can't get your can't get you can't order it well done i'll order it how i want it but eventually he evolved on that what happened to me was bodybuilding once again and i worked out with mr usa tom gartner he was a mr usa in the masters that's over 50 i was like 25 and he said you gotta eat your meat rare if you want to build muscles well you know when guys are young and they're bodybuilding they'll eat dog poop so uh, i said okay i had never ordered my meat medium rare or rare before that advice and ever since then it's been magical and then you're right you find and a chef will get so furious if somebody orders a fine piece of meat and then they have it well done yeah definitely order it the way the chef thinks it's
1: best and one more thing about the grocery store Costco 711 Wherever you go, wherever you go pick up items, there don't complain about it to the people working there. We know there's inflation. Everything has gone up. Yeah, don't they, go they there don't and, set the prices. Yeah. I mean, they you're don't have the a, mask,
0: set the mask policy. They're not the governor. Yep. Yeah,
1: don't bitch about the price of cigarettes. You're going to buy cigarettes. Okay, that's your issue. Don't bitch about the price. Don't bitch about the cost of eggs and milk. You're going in there. Be nice to the people that are there even though I never go there. And then when you come back <laughs> out of there, you'll feel better about yourself because everything is more expensive. Here's what we know before as we record this podcast heading into October. Usually the stock market crashes in October. It's already crashed four or five times this year. People are waking up every day losing a lot of money. Things cost more. It's more expensive with energy, even though fuel's coming down. Some of the issues there, everybody is uptight on this topic. So however you do it, wherever you go out to a restaurant, out to a store, be nice to everybody. And then and get on with your life. And, and I don't think people want small talk. I don't think your grocer wants it. I don't think the lady or guy in the aisle wants it. I don't think your server wants to hear your complaints. I just think they want to get through their shift and make as much money as they can.
0: Shout out to Edgar Velasquez. That is my friend. He's become a real friend that used to work at the deli at Whole Foods near the radio station at Fox. Yeah. The opposite of your life. I got to know Edgar. What happened also was at, uh, at the Whole Foods, they had little biographies of everybody working there. And I walked in one day and I looked, I said, oh, that's the guy that works at the deli. And he said, uh, and under his biography, he said, ask me about my son. Oh. Well, as you know, J.T., when you ask people about their children, they, they love you. And I went back and I said, Edgar, tell me about your son. And his son, Chris, who's now 10, was two at the time, and I used to see Edgar a lot of times when we would cover the fights in Vegas, and I'd have to get back early on Sunday to do a a network show. Horrible flights. Yeah. He He would be there there. on Saturday mornings, and I'd have the fight shirt on. He'd say, did you see the fight? I'd say, I was at that fight! He'd say, how is that possible? (laughs) Because it'd be 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday, and the fight was was uh, less than 12 hours before in Vegas. So we hit it off talking boxing and his son, Chris. So I would say, no, you don't have to talk small talk with people at 7-Eleven or the local grocery store. But if you talk about real things like how are they and their family, you'll become friends. Nothing wrong with that.
1: Speaking about sons, uh, today is another fake holiday. It's called National Sons Day. Oh, the I Internet debate. has
0: invented a lot of them. Yes,
1: yes, I took it earlier in the week. It was National Daughters Day. I have two sons. So I posted a picture of both of my sons on my Facebook page. A uh, very interesting topic here is everybody thinks they have to follow the rules. And I love Facebook until recently. Wink, wink. <laughs> and I'm looking at this and yeah. Uh, I, I I had to play along. I felt guilty if I didn't post pictures. My mom posted a picture of me, which was really nice. I posted a picture of my sons, and I'm I'm just shocked that this hasn't hit Hallmark yet and hasn't hit the card stores because they're as greedy as anybody else out there. So we have Mother's Day, we have Father's Day, we have Easter, we have Christmas, we have all these other events, Jewish holidays, any event, weddings, where you go to the store and you Valentine's the Day, store. Valentine's Day to get a card doggy day and kitty day and hot fudge sunday
0: yeah. day. margarita day national <laughs> margarita day ice uh, cream day yeah we've got uh, day. they see i think they've uh, the internet has invented one for every day of the year
1: why not right
0: yeah i know and then that gives the people it gives you a chance to use uh one of your 8000 pictures and you don't need 7000 of them maybe except for
1: sometimes on the fake holidays when are we going to get hoodwinked into running into a store double park to get a National Sons and Daughters Day card? I When's have the that...
0: answer to that question. It's never going to happen because that takes too much effort. For National Sons Day, all you have to do is move a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Click. But yes, for Mother's Day, some of those are more entrenched holidays, uh, you, ha- you have to send your wife out to the card store to get cards, or you have to take your entire family and put them in front of the Christmas tree and have the picture tickets, which you did for years, or your wife would put together really cool. I still have a couple of them on my refrigerator. I always put uh, Christmas cards of my friends with their family on the fridge, and I've got several
1: years' worth of the teas at Christmas uh, in my kitchen. And And, I I have to admit, I do go to the grocery store to get cards. I don't get flowers have a real problem with that and again it's not for everybody flowers usually are cheap worn out in a grocery store compared to a florist but at times it drives the economy of the flow i think the most important time many
0: times to send flowers is when there's a death yes because it's when when someone dies you can't do anything big a big favor would be to bring back the dead well you can't do that can really only show up for stuff but if you're out of town you got to send a card or flowers otherwise one of the great scams, including diamond rings for engagements, uh, you, you, instead, you, instead of buying your fiance a diamond ring, you can fly around the world twice. Uh, but nevertheless, with, uh, with flowers, too, the big scam and the, 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 the amount that they charge you for a wedding for flowers. And I just think that uh, only for very important occasions, like I just mentioned, should you send flowers.
1: I just got back from Nashville. Holy shit. What an unbelievable city. I haven't been there. And I look back 18 or 19 years and I went with the Raiders, flew back with the team on the team plane, got in there. My wife flew ahead. One of my best friends of my whole life came down with his wife from Long Island. And then a whole bunch of people that I knew were taking that trip in the Raider nation and some other friends. And it was life changing. It was really cool to see a city explode and get better since the last time I've been there. Now, again, it's been a while, well over a decade, over 15 years. I've never been to a place where you go into a bar. We went into Kid Rocks, went into Tootsie's. Tootsie's is famous where they filmed a lot of movies in Nashville. Over the years, Jason Aldean has a bar, Luke Bryant. So they commercialized it. These country stars said, I want in on this. Yeah, you can have my name. I don't know if they own the building or not. Tom, first floor, you walk into Kid Rocks as a band. You take the stairs to the second floor. There's a different band. You go to the third floor, which is overlooking the street. There's another band. And then you go on the rooftop. No exaggeration. There's another band. There's four bands in the place playing at the same time. Unbelievable uh, musicians. And one of the few times I noticed walking on the street, I saw a lot of guys and gals carrying guitars, carrying drum cases, and doing that. And it was just fantastic to see the economy of Nashville Broadway, which kind of comes right to the end of Broadway. And then there's a pedestrian bridge where you could walk over to Nissan Stadium and see the Titans play. It's probably the best setup I've seen. We've been to Green Bay, Oakland, New York. I've been pretty much everywhere, but this was the best of the best. Wow. Go watch a sporting event especially a football game with what the infrastructure of the city has. It was brilliant. And
0: and I've had, uh, we both have had a lot of musician friends over the years and my musician friends over the years, uh, many times have moved to Nashville Mm -hmm. and music city. And so it is one of the, it's, it's currently one of the Mecca's of music in the world. And, and that is just, you know, new Orleans has that great effect where you have live music, live music, live music, you know, every 50 feet, live music, live music, live music outside, live music inside. And there is nothing like that. Live music, and you love that the economy is supporting yes. musicians who want to just be a musician for a living. That's a place to go to do that.
1: Well, uh, you know how big of a hot topic this is for me because you got to get it right. What happens when you put a sports franchise in a city, it is a big decision. There are some cities that don't have any room downtown. They just don't have the room to do it. New York is a great example of that. They have the garden for the Knicks. Brooklyn has the Barclays, but the Yankees play in the Bronx, and the Mets play out in Flushing, and Green Bay in in, in a neighborhood in Wisconsin. It's not in the heart of the city. So what, what I like about Nashville, it's downtown. They got the hockey arena there where the Predators play, and they have the football stadium. And it's good. It's right. It felt good. Again, I was only there for the weekend, but I really had a chance to talk to people about it. And I think the issue I have with this is I can't believe when they make mistakes about this because the Raiders put their stadium on the strip over a pedestrian bridge and over a bridge you can drive over. But it's literally on the strip, even with the Mandalay Bay. Okay, it's not out 30 miles in Southern Nevada. It bothered me, the Yankees play in the Bronx, it's the Bronx. I love the Yankees. I don't love the Bronx. You know, they put it there. I wish Yankee stadium was in the heart of Manhattan where they could have put it on the rail yards. And then the giants and the jets play in a town called East Rutherford, New Jersey, <laughs> nicknamed the swamp. What a bleep and dump. And on top of it being a dump where there's nothing there other than the stadium, there's no steakhouse really. There's no place to go like Nashville where there's 30 bars where giant fans can enjoy themselves. The infrastructure sucks to get out of the parking lot and drive out of the dump, take the train out of the dump and you don't enjoy yourself. So you're pissed off in the fourth quarter. Cause you're like, shit, man, I got to get out to the parking lot and get out before everyone. It's going to take 90 minutes. And then I got to get on the GW or eventually connect on the throg's neck. And it's a pain in the ass. Nashville was just the opposite. It was brilliant. Well, yeah, we've gotten better at that over the yeah. years. Yeah,
0: uh, And it's one of those things, you know, city planning, now sports planning. It took a long time to get cities right. As you move west, you'll notice cities are more organized than the haphazard way that they're organized in the east. So when places uh, have done it right, when it comes to towns, cities, city planning, stadiums, etc. The further west you go, the more they tend to have their shit together in the newer cities like Nashville, compared to Manhattan, where there was all most of the land was taken up, and you couldn't. Uh, they didn't. They didn't know when they were building the Yankees in the Bronx that the Bronx was going to turn into a shit well, hole. Well,
1: Detroit <laughs> puts the Pistons back in the day and the Lions in Auburn Hills.
0: Well, that right? and that was that was a that was a big movement in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. We yeah, won- move. Pontiac, yeah. remember it was there was all these stadiums out of town. The J.C. Penny effect, you know, J.C. Penny, Penny James Cash Penny changed our country for about a hundred years. He took his stores out of downtown and put them out in the suburbs, and uh, then there would be other stores. It was called the mall, and other stores grew around it. So he took a, He took a lot of business out of cities and ruined a lot of downtowns. Uh, throughout the country, and they move Now, if, you, if you've ever gone on YouTube and l- just type in dead malls, like, one of the stars of dead malls is Elmira, New York. Well,
1: I thought York, you were going to say New Long York. Island, the home of the mall, the original Sunrise Mall, where I grew up. But you're, you're saying Elmira. Where was that, Garden City? There? Was that in Gardens? Where was that one? No, that was right near me in Massapequa. Massapequa. Yeah, so, right but,
0: but, but if you take a look at dead malls, on YouTube it's pretty depressing and they're gonna to have to figure out what to do with that real estate maybe they make especially where it's cold they'll make uh, apartments out of them or whatever or living spaces and do something creative as we Americans are so good at do at, uh, reinventing ourselves and things when things change but uh, the, the, what's great about sports now in these
1: stadiums they're moving them in closer to the city well but the problem the, i have though is they, the I, I, I can't get over the single and i gotta get over this I got because I lived in L.A. for ten years. I right. lived in the Valley, and I know you can't put a football stadium on the beach in Malibu, right. or in Venice, or, or, or in a Manhattan Beach. But I, but I never understood this Inglewood thing. Because Inglewood, in its day, was a rough part of town. Right, it's gone through some really tough times in the history of the city. Now they put SoFi Stadium there. They knocked down Hollywood Park, which I guess has a card room or something. Steve well, Ballmer yeah, and wants there used to be, and there used to
0: be a, a racetrack
1: right. for Steve years. Ballmer wants to be out there, the Forum, and I'm saying to myself, who wants to go to Inglewood? Other than I don't even think the people who live in Inglewood probably want to live in Inglewood, but they choose to be there. And from what I heard, not so much from the Rams fans, but the Charger fans, is the traffic. They didn't build the infrastructure around that five billion dollar stadium, which everybody says is great gorgeous a lot of money it should be it's five billion dollars but it's tough to get in and out of and the egress ingress on that is tough so i don't understand why they chose inglewood well first of all
0: again it was availability of land there was this land mass where there, used to, where there used to be a, a racetrack and they and they put it there and also i think you're i think you inglewood is not south la it's not uh it's not compton it's rows and rows of middle-class homes. Inglewood's very middle-class. Steve Martin was born and raised in Inglewood. And uh, it's just not as white as it was when Steve Martin was there, but it's still middle-class like when Steve Martin was there. And, you know, its, it's name has appeared in a, in a lot of rap tunes, and
1: people think because it's not as white as it used to be, it's more dangerous, but it's not. Yeah, it's I judge these places. Just uh, to be more simple on this, I judge these places when a game ends. When a game ends in the Bronx, mm-hmm. 99.9% of the people who don't live in the Bronx get out of the stadium and they don't want to stay. Right. So they're not going to go to the steakhouse two feet away. Right. They're not going to do that. And the same thing, I think, with Englewood compared to Vegas, where you can walk over to Mandalay Bay, walk, or in Nashville, you could walk back to Broadway. Yeah, that's
0: terrific. And
1: have your steak and your beer, and you want to be there. You're not, you're not in a hurry to leave. You're not like, oh, my God, I got to get out of there.
0: Yeah, there's and a it's
1: lot of multi-purpose, yeah,
0: multi-purpose stadiums and cities and areas are really cool. Englewood is not that. Nashville is. You've, you've been to Vail, right? Some in oh, Vail, where you can go skiing, and then you get to the bottom of the slope, and then your apartment, condo, or hotel room is right there. And then the Starbucks is there, and the mall is there, and everything's right there. Those type of situations. I've never lived in any place except you know when I lived in Venice. You never really had to get in your car very much. Uh, you, your whole life was designed with a walking to work, walking to the bar, walking home. You don't want to lose your parking space.
1: <laughs>
0: and, but it is fun to live and work and walk in in areas, and that's that's really big now. You know, with the millennials, with people your son's age, never getting a car. I have a nephew that's twenty-four. He's never had a car. And uh, because that's a new thing to do for young people, work, live around, work and live in the same area, and don't have to drive 14 miles.
1: One of your favorite topics is you don't like the way the media and just regular fans describe Lamar Jackson. I'm fascinated. Oh yeah, driving me crazy. I, I'm right fascinated right. by driving this me because, crazy because there is a racial element to it. I, I, We're not yes. afraid of that, and we'll talk about that. And when it comes to this year. He's playing without a contract. I mean, they could franchise tag him for two more years, but he's basically risking his body, his health, his future. If he has a catastrophic injury, which we hope he doesn't do, we got to bring it up. Then he could go from making $250 million guaranteed or more to nothing. And then he would get paid because he would recover from an injury. But you get to the point I'm making. He's risking a lot. His mom's his agent. So people have opinions about him. As we record this podcast, he has 10 touchdowns passing the football, but he also this year has two touchdowns running. So he's got 12. He's on pace for 60. Okay. He is an incredible quarterback and I don't still think he gets his props. Oh, you're absolutely right. And what drove
0: me crazy, and you know, Sunday is uh, highlight packages. He's, first of all, uh, The problem last year was he was having trouble when they blitzed him, so everyone just blitzed him all the time. Now, this year, he's the number one quarterback when he's blitzed. He's the number one quarterback in the NFL, period. Fact, not opinion. When you take a look at the NFL quarterback rating, there's Lamar Jackson and everybody else. He's got the highest uh, accuracy in the NFL right now, the most touchdown passes. He looked off a safety uh, two Sundays ago and threw a no-look touchdown pass, and it wasn't even in the highlight packages. They showed him running. Lamar Jackson equals running in the minds of some. I think it's white guys that are doing the highlights. Not he had five touchdown passes, and you show you show the, the time he had some shitty little six-yard run for a touchdown, and you show that because Lamar Jackson and running is in people's heads. He's a black running quarterback, and no, I kept saying, you know, he was he was doing it at Louisville. He's been doing it in the NFL that. It's almost like, you know, we pushed Kobe can't win one without Shaq and they've pushed Lamar running quarterback and he's just throwing one laser after another as a passing quarterback in the NFL. And it doesn't it seems like the information hasn't caught up to people.
1: Well, you make a really good point on the fact that when they do show his highlights, they go out of the way to show him running. Yes, they do. They don't to, uh, you know, and again, it depends if you run twice in a game, you got four touchdowns, they might show running and he does run more and better than everybody else. But they almost go out of his other way, not to showcase how great he is with arm talent. I said this on one of the radio shows, every NFL quarterback could make every throw. It's one of the most overused statements I hear in sports media, where they say, well, he could make every throw. Of course he can. He's an NFL quarterback. (laughs) Guys in the CFL could make every throw. And the XFL typically But in the NFL, you can make every type of throw, but some guys have crazy arm talent. So as we sit here going into week four, he has a 119.0 rating. Two is Mm 117.8. Then you got Mahomes at 112, Josh Allen at 109. So you got four quarterbacks, 109 rounded out, 109.8. Let's give him 110. Got four quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson's rating is brilliant right here. And he seems to be getting better and he's rolling the dice like Aaron Judge. Think of this, in our lifetime, and everybody here on the podcast, you can find us on social media, at Looney on Fox, at JT the Brick. Can you remember a time where we had two players playing without a contract at the height of their game? Aaron Judge, the home run, soon to be the American League home run king, and then Lamar Jackson, who could have one of the greatest years ever, and they're both betting on themselves – not taking less money to sign, I find that fascinating. Yeah, and you know, you say
0: they're just in it for the money, but those guys are out there, especially in football, putting their lives on the line for our entertainment. And you got no contract—that's pretty amazing. And also, when you take a look at what um, what he's been doing in general on the field as a person, he he keeps his nose clean. Uh, he's okay in front of the microphone, but I do think that. It's uh, it's fascinating how they're covering him and the ways that they're not covering him. And you know, the information is going to catch up to you sooner or later. And guess what? The way that they've covered him, it's just making him better. And guess he, he's, I think, 24, so he's got six more years until he's at his best, aren't quarterbacks usually be their best at about 30?
1: How good is he going to be in two years, and four years, and six? Well, it comes down to one major topic. If you find a coach, an owner, a GM who decides you're not going to run anymore, we're dealing with that now. The Broncos are very lucky, lucky that they're 2-1. and They look terrible. I mean, they look beyond awful, but they got (laughs) two wins. I'm in Vegas. The Raiders have played three great halves, three terrible halves. They're 0-3. One play can decide a game, and the Broncos haven't gotten that offense going. But I heard on the broadcast the other night they made a good point. Is that Russell Wilson now, as he's getting later into his career, he's still in his prime. They want to protect him more and have him run less. He's the franchise quarterback. He could get hurt outside the pocket, so he's developing more into a pocket passer. That will be said to Lamar Jackson at some point. Not now. Not in the next two or three years. But after he gets this two hundred and fifty million or two seventy or three hundred million guaranteed, someone upstairs is going to say. We cannot have him run. No at this problem. Bed.
0: It's no problem. Guess what? They said it to all the greats. Let's compare Lamar Jackson to whom we should compare him to. We don't have to compare him to black guys. Roger Staubach was told stop running. Roger, the Dodger. Fran Tarkenton. Called. Fran Tarkenton was told to stop running. Steve Young, stop running. And what did they do? They just passed
1: the ball better than anyone else. Warren Moon. Warren Moon, yep. uh, one of the most underrated players in NFL history. Well, he would have gone down
0: maybe as the greatest if he had started his first, what, seven years uh, in the National Football League. He would have had all the records.
1: Finally, political ads. Stop calling me and texting me. Wow. Most of these people are really shady people. I mean, there are people running. You know, I'm not getting texts from the president or someone running for president. We're not in that cycle. I'm getting it from everybody. I'm getting people running for judge, county commissioner. I don't know how they got my number. Right. They're not ringing my house. I'm getting text messages. These slime balls, they, they want my vote, and they don't know me, and I don't know them, and I don't want to get these text messages anymore, Tom. I found out yeah, you stop to the text stop stop right back in the text and you don't get him again i guess you unsubscribe yes he's getting a lot of this in uh, los angeles
0: i'm not getting that but in los angeles rick caruso running for mayor there's the democrat karen bass and the democrat rick caruso karen bass a lifelong democrat rick caruso became a democrat in january <laughs> <laughs> and he's running commercials saying he's a proud democrat he's been a democrat 15 minutes but he thought, I guess he thought, as a businessman, how do I sell these widgets? How do I sell myself? Well, I can't get elected as a Republican, so I'll call myself a Democrat. And he, I think he'd make an excellent mayor. He's from this city. He's, he's the grandson of immigrants and humble origins, et cetera. But he's, he, and he wants to clean up the corrupt politics. He's right about that, except <laughs> if you can going to say, you're a proud Democrat, and you've only been a Democrat since January. God, that drives me crazy. And um, and so that's that's what it, because he doesn't have to do it. It's when politicians or well, any human being, when you lie or exaggerate about something where you don't have to because you've got you've got a good enough product anyway. And that's when it really bothers you. Another thing that's really surprising me in politics is when guys, you know, Trump was an anomaly and he was like a he was like a vaudeville comic and it's insulted his way into the White House. Now you got these guys that have gone to Harvard and Yale, uh, who are trying to imitate Trump. And as you know, JT, same thing works in in, in talk radio. If if you don't act like yourself, your act doesn't last as long. Thank you for listening to all... 32 minutes and 32 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast, powered by our friends at Online, where the game starts. 32 is a great number. A lot of great 32s over the years. Jim Brown, Franco Harris, OJ Simpson, Magic Johnson. Good number. Thank you for listening to Believe.